Today's episode is brought to you by Taft Law and its Franchise Advance Program, a one-of-a-kind program developed by your host, Josh Brown, to help entrepreneurs assess, convert, and grow your business the right way through sound franchise structures. To learn more, go to taftlaw.com and type Franchise Advance Program in the search bar. If you think like, act like, or are trying to grow like a franchise, then the Franchise Euphoria podcast is for you. Hello and welcome everybody. Josh Brown here. And I created this podcast for one main goal, to help people who are trying to grow their business through franchising or franchise-like structures to do it the right way. I've been practicing law now as a franchise lawyer for many, many years, and I've seen it done the right way and the wrong way. And this podcast is not filled with a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo. Rather, I talk with real people, people who have been there, have done it, are doing it right now. And I also dive deep into specific topics related to franchising. So if this is of interest to you, you are at the right place. Enjoy. On today's episode of Franchise Euphoria, I'm thrilled to have on Jeff Duden, who is a franchise executive with 25 years of experience founding, building, operating, and ultimately exiting a national franchise brand. His journey as an entrepreneur began as a college athlete who founded a business to paint student housing. After graduation, he assisted South Florida in recovering from Hurricane Andrew, which led to the launch of AdvantaClean in 1994. AdvantaClean grew to over 240 U.S. locations before it was acquired by Home Franchise Concepts in 2019. After the successful sale and Jeff's exit in 2019, he set out to help others to create and grow emerging franchise systems. He's currently the chairman and CEO of Homefront Brands, a company of a half dozen property service brands, as well as a published author, Forbes contributor, and speaker. Jeff served YPO as chapter chair of the Southeast Regional U.S. chapter, as well as the IFA Franchisor Forum as a member. Uh, welcome, Jeff. That's quite the background. Well, thank you, Josh. I'm so excited to be on. I've listened to uh, many of your episodes, and I'm I'm glad to finally be in the chair. Well, and I just went over part of your background. You're you're one of those guys that's done a lot of things um, and had a lot of success. And so I love having people like that on this show because, you know, the people who are listening to this are, you know, prospective franchisees, current franchisees, prospective franchisors, you know, people thinking to turn their business into a franchise or emerging and growing franchisors. And so it's always great to hear and learn um, from those who have kind of lived lived that life. And, and you're certainly in that world. Yeah, uh, it's been, uh, I tell you what, um, you know, I, uh, I believe that people can have multiple lives within a life. I mean, we go through seasons of life and we get to do different things. And I mean, if you keep if you keep your curiosity and you, you keep your eyes open and, you know, you keep moving, then uh, you, you can have a, a variety of great experiences through life. You can meet incredible uh, people. You know, really, our lives are a combination of the books we read, the people me- we meet and the conversations we have. And when you get into franchising, you get into the pocket. And in relationship with great franchisees and other franchisors, as you know, it's an incredibly collaborative 
uh, industry. So yeah, it's just it's it's literally franchising uh, has been uh, the best thing that's ever happened to me. I know Matt Haller, the uh, president of the IFA, he says it's the greatest wealth creation business model ever invented, and I agree with him. Yeah, I mean it really is when it's done right and when it's done properly and when you match up the right people to it. Because I'm sure, you know, I've seen through 17 years of being involved in the franchise world that, you know, for, for, for some businesses, it's not a, it's not a great method. It's not a great growth method. Not, not that the business itself is not great for it, but the entrepreneur who's going to turn it into a franchise maybe isn't right for it. Does that make sense? Uh, it does. And I, I would, I, I you know, it, it doesn't work for everybody, uh, but uh, in good systems, uh, you know, the, the barrier of success is lowered and the bar is lowered. So, you know, simple operating systems, uh, focused businesses, good support, help in customer acquisition, helping, you know, there being an affiliation benefit. You know, I, some of the work from the fr- uh, that the franchisee does comes as a result of things that the franchise or the brand executes. So, you know, there's hallmarks and I, and I know you're, you're aware there's, there's fundamentals to, to good franchising. And I think when you're a prospective franchisee, it's important to do your homework and understand what's, what some of those things are. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's funny when I talk to people who are entrepreneurs and, you know, they've got a few locations and they're excited about the possibility of franchising. You know, sometimes it's just funny because you talk to them and, and you have entrepreneurs out there and there's nothing wrong with this, but there it's a mindset where their skill set as an entrepreneur is to continue to break things, you know, and not really, not really put the system together, but to kind of build it up, get rid of it and then break something else. And, and, you know, they go crazy sometimes in a franchise system because as a franchisor, you know, one of the key things that I often speak to people about is, look, when you go from operating a location, one, two, three, four, however many it is to now operating a franchise system, that's a different hat that you're wearing. You know, you're, you're, you're not just focused on your operation. You're focused on the overall strategy, the overall growth and the overall system as a whole. And, and to a lot of entrepreneurs, that's very attractive. And for those folks, franchising is, is absolutely fantastic if done right. But it is funny to me that you you do run into the entrepreneurs where they go, Oh my God, that's the last thing I want to (laughs) do. Yeah, uh, very true. I think creating that entrepreneurial freedom within a framework of a franchise system is is sometimes difficult to do. Uh, you know, one of the things, uh, so uh, currently I'm the CEO of Homefront Brands, we're a property service platform, and we set out to solve the problem um, for people that wanted to build bigger businesses. And what does that look like? And I mean, the, 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 the opportunities created uh, a lot of times here by private equity. Private equity has, you know, reached into the franchise sector. They found it to be very attractive. There's been a lot of acquisitions and a lot of roll-ups. And uh, it has gone past the franchisor into the franchisee uh, boxes and the businesses and, and service businesses and retail businesses alike. So, you know, the problem we set out to solve was if we could build – the most responsible franchise platform possible that was tailor-made for dynasty builders or entrepreneurs uh, who are used to operating on a certain level of systems and a certain level of opportunity, uh, building a certain size team, you know, what would that look like? And that was really the problem that we set out to solve with Homefront Brands. And uh, we're very excited about the things that we've, we've been able to do in that regard. And you really, you know, as you're aware, 
legacy franchise systems. Uh, you know, once once you get a hundred or a couple hundred franchises out there, you know, ch- the change management uh, becomes hard. So, you know, part of our challenge was we had to make all these investments before we really went to market and started adding a bunch of franchises. So, you know, the house had to be built and and uh, for to be a multi brand platform and to get things like all the brands operating on the same. Uh, point of sale system and an underlying technology where you know the data migrates seamlessly across all the all the brands and all the platforms and so that was uh, you know that was what 2022 was for us. Well, when you look, you know, when you look, let's take a little step back on when you go back to your South Florida assisting with Hurricane Andrew, which ultimately leads to Advanta Clean. Talk about how that led to Advanaclean. I think that's an I think that's an interesting thing. I don't know the story, but I'd love to hear what that story is is and how you sort of went from, you know, assisting with that recovery into a business model. What was that process like? Well, as as you said, I, I created a uh, what was a material business for us in college while I was playing football. We had a, a summer business painting student housing apartments during lease change using the athletes that were there studying over the summer. And so, and we, we made enough money to live on. So I, I really didn't look for a job and a buddy called me and said, Hey, yeah, there was no NIL then, huh? No, yeah. no. And I tell you, you, I know this is uh this is audio only, but if you saw my face, you'd know that I wouldn't qualify. I get about, <laughs> I get about 11 cents, uh, from, you know, from a uh, college. So you're painting houses at, yeah. you know, maybe 15 cents, but yeah, yeah. well, uh, so, so my buddy calls me and says, Hey, you know, you, there's a, this hurricane that hit South Florida. We need all the help we can get. And painting season was over. So my buddy and I jumped in the four-cylinder Dodge truck and we we headed down into the middle of the storm. And at time, Hurricane Andrew was the largest disaster to make landfall in the United States. And we just started getting projects. And ev- eventually, we, we threw in uh, with the company that my buddy was working for. And we cut our teeth in the insurance restoration business. And then myself and three partners moved up to Central Florida after the hurricane work was winding down, and we started this business. Uh, and then in 95, I moved back up home to get married and uh, back to North Carolina to get married and uh, start our second location. So, so that was kind of how it happened. We, we cut our teeth in it, and, and then we said, well, uh, we were working for and, and had been exposed to a lot of franchise systems down there. And I said, this looks like the way to attack this market. So we started the business. And then I really had this franchise vision, but my partners were more conservative. So over time, uh, each of them were bought out ending in 2004 and hired some consultants, got our first purpose, vision, mission, value statement. Half of it was how to continue to be a romping, stomping, direct uh, commercial governmental disaster contractor. And the other half of this vision was franchising. So as subsequent to that, we, we bolstered our equipment and our staff. And sure enough, Hurricane Katrina hit. So we responded down there. And at this point, we were working in the Gulf Coast. We had projects in California, Hawaii, Canada, the Caribbean. So we were all over the place and we were doing a lot of revenue. But I was never home. And I had three small children at the time. So driving home in the middle of the night, I said, uh, I just made the decision. You know, have these inflection points in our life. Usually they include a person or people, uh, an adventure, an opportunity, and then risk of loss. That's what I've looked at. It's when you, that's when you have those three things, you know that you're at an inflection point, a decision point in your life. 
And uh, so I made a decision. Uh, I was missing my son's first football season. And I'm like, that's not tenable to me. I won't tolerate that. And uh, so I decided to sell all of our company stores under a franchise model. And we did that in 2006, 7, and 8. 2009, we launched the marketplace. And then nine years later, in uh, really 2018, but it closed January 1st, 2019, we, we sold the business with 240 locations. No, and that's great. And that's really a great, a great reminder. Um, because, you know, you, th- this is one of those episodes, too, where, you know, you're coming on now, I believe, for a second time, because you've been on this, you were on their show several years back and talking about all the exciting things that you're, that you're doing. And I think that, you know, one of the things I so appreciate about having somebody like yourself on is that, you know, you bring such a varied a varied background and and here you know with this home front brands um that you've lost I'm, I'm always curious about what that's like and i think it's always educational to to the to the listeners how you you know obviously you've got a background in this you've got a successful background in in franchising a business and now you sort of take that to the next level where you create a company that that essentially works to franchise other brands i mean is that a fair way to say it well no actually um last time we talked i was i was really had an investor's posture so that's what we were doing i had some service businesses that i was working with uh friend devco a franchise sales organization and yeah franchise genesis and you know they were they were working and and they continue to work to to uh, create, launch, and then handle the sales from franchise development for brands. And, you know, I was really in an advisory role there and, and sometimes an investor and in helping these emerging brands. But a couple of years ago, you know, we just decided we saw the confluence of a lot of factors. Number one, uh, you know, demographically, we have a lot of migration in our population uh, from one state to another state uh, in a lot of cases. Uh, we've got uh, a lack of homes and, uh, and building inventory, uh, especially in these places that are getting high demand influx of people. We've got a population that's going to be you know, 450 million people here in the next few decades. Uh, and you've got a building inventory that's tired and needs repair all the time. And couple that with demographics where, I mean, kids don't do skilled trades as much as they used to. So there's this huge trend that basically says we need more homes, they need to be better, people are moving, and there's not enough skilled labor uh, coming up to get these things done. So when you look at that, and you look at property services, that becomes a very durable industry. And, and then everything that I was doing and all the consulting I was doing, I was always comparing it back to my property service days. And, and, you know, and this is how we did it. And this is how we did it. And as we continued to refine the coaching and consulting and advising that we were doing, I'm like, you know, we just need to do this. So we went out over a seven, eight month period and we acquired six companies uh, into Homefront. So we've acquired them. So we are a platform of franchise brands. And we did, a, we, again, we answered the question, if somebody was coming from a, an executive role or somebody that wanted to build a real, real opportunity and maybe have multiple of our brands, we, we acquired underlying assets that have very high average unit volumes and very good item 19s. We, didn't just do territory by population. We spent the money to actually, we have half as many territories as I did with Advanaclean, but in theory, they all have the addressable market that's represented there. So very responsible territory. We're not trying to sell every corner. We're trying to award, you know, just territories that, that to the best of our ability, uh, have the, the same or similar addressable marketplaces. I mentioned the technology piece. We, we migrated all, we took a, a long time and a lot of money to migrate these all onto the same operating platform, which is hard to do in platforms because you buy bigger companies and you can't do it. 
So, uh, and then, you know, we're, we're doing our standard uh, heavy marketing in-house and uh, call center. So we meet our franchisees at the front door and made a big investment in learning and development with some executives. Uh, about half of our executive team of 12 has either led or um, uh, in some way, you know, billion dollar franchise companies. So we went out and got the experience that we need. And uh, we are we are off to a fantastic start with Homefront Brands. And we're attracting some of the best franchise candidates that I've ever had the pleasure and privilege to work with. Well, you hit on something that's really important that's that's not often talked about in franchising. That is territories, right? And how important that is. I mean, we all know that territories in a brand are are super super important um, in terms of making sure that you get it right and making sure that um, that the the size of the territory is correct and the demographics, all that kind of stuff. Talked a little bit about how you approach that with territories. And I know you said, you know, obviously you have half as many, you know, to some people you'd say, well, you want as many territories as possible, but it it really is brand determined um, by that and market determined. So if you, if you would talk a little bit about that, because that's one of those really particular things in franchising that I see a lot of franchisors may ultimately get it right. But when they start off, they don't get it right. And it can, it can have, um, it can have some catastrophic impacts on the brand. You are exactly right. So mistakes people make, they give away too much because they, they think, you know, they think they have unlimited amount or they're trying to attract people. Uh, but it's really not the reason, you know, it's kind of a false, you know, thought really. It's not the reason that people buy. I'm going to give you half the state and you should be happy. Um, you want to have a responsible territory design. Uh, strategy. So, you know, we have one that's a, a B2B, B2GC rental model. And, and so we actually bought the data and, you know, each territory has roughly 4,000 addressable facilities for, you know, there could be clients that are typical users of these types of products. So the territories look very large. Yes, they do. But it's really not about the size of the territory and geography wise, it's about the addressable market inside of that. So, you know, spending the time and money and knowing knowing how to do that and what to do and then and then having the, the technology tools to cut the territories the right way. On the other side of it, you know, demographics, value of the homes, number of single family residences, all of these things, you know, about six different data points to make sure that to the, to the best of our ability that the, uh, the candidates or the, the franchisees are going to have uh, the ability to perform as per, you know, what's in our item 19. I mean, that's, that's really what we want to do. I mean, sure, uh, what, you know, I had 1,469 territories avail- total uh, in Atlanta Clean, you know, by population only, but it was every corner of this country. And, and you know, that those weren't all viable. I mean, some of them were, you know, half of Montana and, you know, all of this stuff. So, you know, what's the point in having those? If you look at our map now, I mean, it looks like a really bad cell phone coverage map. There were about half of the countries covered, but that's where the people are. You know, I mean, if you're flying across this country and you look out the window, about 95% of this country looks like mountains and forests. So, you know, there's no reason to, uh, you know, cut that stuff up into territory. So you, you, what we did was we just, we just, you know, invested in the research uh, to make sure that we had the the proper territories and and uh, and it, and it's worked out well. So, and you don't want them to be overly large, right? Uh, you you want to make sure that you have enough where you can get the right mix of individual franchise owners in there. 
uh, you know, you don't want 50 franchise owners covering a whole country because uh, you want people to start. I think a very responsible model is to start with with something small, right? And then once they uh, decide that this is a good fit for them and they're doing a, a good job and they're hitting the numbers uh, that everybody's happy with, then you can expand those people. And, and that's right. But I, I forget what was one of the sandwich chains. Uh, I forget which one it was one of the one of the two big ones. But they uh, they would only give you one restaurant. And until you hit numbers, you didn't get another one. So uh, they didn't they didn't sell you five of these things without being a proven operator. So, again, it, it comes down to the word responsible for us and, and being in the industry as long as I have and growing up in the industry with the leaders of all these other great franchise platforms and, and just being intimately knowledgeable of how everything works. We were able to look across the industry and pick the very, very best uh, in terms of it. And we did it without regard of cost. We said, what is, you know, what is, what is going to give us speed to scale so that we can attract these people? And then what's the highest quality with which we can build the system so that, you know, to the greatest, we can iterate, but we never have to wholesale change things. So in all the uh, technologies that we've chosen and all the partners that we've chosen, they're literally, you know, things that you would find at, at uh, you know, multi, multi-billion dollar companies. And we have those on day one for the home front brands. Yeah, and I mean, and just to give sort of a, a, a representative sample here under Homefront, you've got you you've got a residential and commercial window washing uh, business, Window Hero. You've got uh, kitchen cabinets and countertops, the designery. You've got temporary wall systems uh, company. You've got home inspection company, fencing company, uh, and 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 mosquito and pest control. So you kind of hit a wide area there. It, it seems to me, Jeff, that a large part of what you do is leadership. And leading um, from the top of of home front brands, talk a little bit in our remaining time here about you know what that's like now in today's world. I mean, you alluded earlier to you know the changing markets, the changing economy, the changing labor force, and of course, all of that has a huge impact on how you lead, how you lead not just one business, but you're leading multiple businesses here. Talk about your philosophy in doing that and and how it's maybe evolved over time. So, first of all, um, it, it really hasn't changed. People are people. People want to want to be. You know, the older you get in life, the more important it is who you go through life with. People want transparency. They want accountability. They want to be able to trust who they're doing business with. They want to feel good about what they're doing. People want to align something that they believe in with the company that they're affiliated with. And then if you get it right, Josh, if you get it right, you align then with the broader world. Okay. So Tom shoes or whoever it is like, if like, like that's really the key is getting that alignment and then kind of being a values forward company and like letting people know where you stand and the values. I'm not, it's not, I'm not being altruistic about values here. I mean, Zappos shoes had their kind of quirky, funny values and, you know, different companies, depending on what you do, you've got to have a set of values and principles that says, this is how we roll. And so people can choose if they want to be part of that culture or a part of part of that organization, and if it aligns with them, and and if it does, then you have to be consistent with it. And um, leaders need to be accessible at all times. You need to you need to have a certain amount of humility to you. I mean, yeah. Do we know how these businesses need to run? And are we going to be having conversations with franchise owners that may have come from a different background as to why? A hundred percent. But like the the empathy and the servant based approach that all of our staff is is led 
to have with our franchise owners, uh, you know, we're always going to pick up the phone. We're always going to call the sunset rule, call you back before sunset. Uh, we're going to rush to conflict. Uh, two things I like. Number here, I'll share two things with the audience. Rush to conflict is one of the most powerful changes that I've made in my adult life is to not let things, you know, anything left to itself goes from bad to worse always. So if you rush to the conflict, but here's the second part of it. There's this quote. It says, the person who can most accurately describe reality without laying blame shall emerge the leader. So you rush into the situation, but you don't rush in there with a baseball bat or a hatchet or, you know, throwing blame around to try to figure out whose fault it is, who did this, who did that. You describe the reality of the situation. Okay, here's here. Let's look at the data. Let's roll the tape. Let's see what's happening here. Okay, uh, you missed your numbers. Um, we didn't get the number of leads or we did. We didn't get the number of conversions. The average job size is this. Let's, let's just describe the facts here. And that always brings it back to a place of, okay, we're talking about facts here. So, you know, building, but you got to have the, the access to those facts to, and you, they got to be accessible to the people that are having those conversations. And then like, if you make a mistake, stand up and take care of it. Uh, if, if, you know, if somebody's got something going on in your life, in their life, give them grace. I mean, these are all basic. These are basic things you learned in, you know, in fifth grade or whatever. So, I think, um, I think, well, I think you know, those it's, it's it's accountability with a perspective look forward. You sure. know, I mean, you're not trying to focus on the past. You, you you need to understand the past so you don't repeat maybe some of the mistakes. But the purpose of that of that reflection is to do better, not to not to place blame. The, the the agreement I make with every franchisee that comes through these doors is that we will always, you can always pick up the phone and I can always pick up the phone and we will always resolve conflicts in a healthy manner. And that is, and that I can't tell you how many times that has just de-escalated where, you know, we made a mistake, somebody, something went wrong. There was a territory, you know, something going on between franchisees. People got upset and they would call me and say, yeah, so I was uh, I was going to call my lawyer, and then I remembered <laughs> that we said we would always pick up the phone and resolve the conflicts in a healthy manner. Listen, and, I love that. I am a franchise lawyer, but I love that because if if more people did that, they'd resolve issues um, before escalating them. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of our leadership style here. I mean, we're just we try to be we try to be good people, and uh, you know all all of that. Well, if you want to learn more about uh, Homefront Brands, you can go to homefrontbrands.com. Um, maybe a little known fact or maybe a widely known fact is you were on Undercover Boss as well. So we'll have a link to that episode, that great episode in the in the show notes, as well as, you know, a link to, uh, Jeff, your Instagram account and LinkedIn and, and your own podcast, uh, which is at uh, dudengroup.com forward slash podcast. You got a lot. You got a lot going on out there, I which is great. Um it's sort of in finishing here, what's your hope over the next couple of years of where, you know, Homefront Brands is going to is gonna aspire to, you know, over the next several years? Yeah, so we've got aspirational goals about, you know, how many owners we'd like to have in, in all the various different brands. But I think, you know, for us, so we're a family office. We're not private equity owned or led. We funded all of this uh, with our own money. And, uh, you know, we're building, we're building a hundred year company. That's what we talk about. You know, we're building a company that will stand for a hundred years 
And uh, we've all kind of committed to, you know, to invest at least 10 years. I'm 54. So, you know, I might be, I might be fishing by 65, but, uh, you know, we've, we've invested you that. Are. You'll still be doing this. Well, You'll still be doing <laughs> Maybe, but, uh, but, you know, that's, 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 um, you know, that's, we got kind of a, of a 10 year plan here to, to build, like I said, the most responsible that, uh, platform that we could imagine. Nothing's perfect. There's a lot, a lot of great companies out there in the franchise space. So it's, it's not just us out there, but I think we took the advantage to, you know, to really construct it early and not have to go through some of these growing pains. And and if we do that, and uh, you know, then we're just in we're just in life with franchisees, and that's exactly where we want to be, Josh. Well, thank you again for coming on again uh, to the show. Really appreciate it, and um, I wish you nothing but uh, success in the future, Jeff. My pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. It really helps to get this show out to more and more people. Also, if you have any questions, have ideas for guests or topics, please email me, josh at IndieFranchiseLaw.com. That's josh at IndieFranchiseLaw.com. And finally, please note that this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes and is not in any way, shape, or form meant to be any kind of legal advice. If you're seeking legal advice, please contact a lawyer. Have a great one. Happy franchising.